Everybody knows the Aseris Hadibros, Ten Commandments are divided into two parts. The first half is Bein Olam Lamokom, Man and God. Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Lotis Hashem Hashem Lashav. Shabbos, Bein Olam Lamokom. And the second half of the Aseris Hadibros, don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, don't commit adultery. That's Bein Olam Lechaveiro. Kibur I think most of the most of us in our default would have expected to find that in Ben Adam Lechaveiro. We have to have honor for our parents, appreciation for our parents. That's certainly what your parents tell you. So why do we find it in the section of Ben Adam Lamakom? That's the first question. A much more powerful question is the Gomorrah's default. The Gomorrah says, Yochol. Yochol, every time you see the word Yochol in Chazal, it's telling you what the default is. Yochol, you could think, not you could think because you're silly or stupid, but because this is the default. Yehei kibud av va'em docha es hashabas. You're at home, your parents are not Shabbos observant, they run out of milk, they give you a couple of dollars on Shabbos to say go to the store to buy milk. That's doing that on a Tuesday is a chiyuv kibur avvaim. You got to stop what you're doing and go to buy them the milk. But on Shabbos, well, yochol that kibur avvaim would be docha Shabbos. Yes, on Shabbos you go out with the money and go to the store to buy the milk. Does anybody have that as a default? what it says. The answer is Talmud Lomar. I need a Pasuk. Ish imo ve'aviv tirau ve'et shavtotai tishmoru kulchem chayovim bechvodi. That since your parents also have to keep Shabbos, therefore you, dis- you don't listen to them, you listen to me and you don't violate Shabbos and you forego kibur the problem, where's the default? We have a rule. Divrei harav, the divrei hatalmid, divrei mishomin. The uh, biblical source for that is that when Adam Arishon ate from the eight Sadat, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to him, why'd you do that? He said, my wife gave it to me. Comes to the wife, why did you do that? The serpent, the, the nachash, Seduced me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to the Nachash and says, "Why?" no, it doesn't say, why did you do that? He just nails the Nachash. Ask Chazal, well, why, did, why didn't he ask the Nachash, why did you do that? And the answer is because somebody who instigates and causes other people to sin, we don't, give him, we don't open the door for defense. Did the Nachash have a defense? We don't, we don't, you're learning that you don't open the door for defense. Well, you can only learn you don't open the door for defense if he had a defense. Say, Chazal, he had a perfect defense. You're in class, and the teacher tells you to do something. And your friend next to you whispers, don't do it. And you don't do it. The teacher says, why didn't you do it? Because Johnny told me not to do it. Is that a defense? Divrei harav, divrei talmid. The teacher says do it. The student says don't do it. The rabbi says do it. The student says don't do it. God says do it and a little guy says don't do it. Who do you listen to? you got to listen to God. 
The Nochash had a perfect defense. I told her to eat, but you told her not to eat. Who's she supposed to listen to? Okay. So if we have that rule, Divrei HaRav, Divrei HaTalmid, how in the world could we have a default? How could we have a default that without a special pasuk, you're going to go to the store and buy the milk for your, for your parents? That's an, uh, that's, that needs some clarification, and it shows that there's something going on here with Kibbut Avva'im that we have to understand. Just a parenthetical note, we maybe we'll touch on it, but just so that you'll realize how mysterious this mitzvah of Kibbut Avva'im is. We have in the Torah and in Chazal the role models for Kibbut Avva'im. How far do you have to go for Kibbut Avaim? That's, that's the Gemara giving me an example, the benchmark, the highest level Kibbut Avaim. And the Gemara tells the story of Dama ben Nasina, the idol worshiper who had a, 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 he had a, 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 a treasure that Chazal wanted to buy from him and do a business deal. And the key to the safe was under his father's pillow. Famous story. And he wouldn't wake up his father. Kibbut Avaim. That's the paradigm in the Gemara of Kibbut Avaim. Dama ben Nesina, an idol worshiper. In the Torah, who's our paradigm of Kibbut Avaim? Asaph. So this is pretty pretty puzzling. Our role models, our parad- our role models for Kibbut Avaim are Esav and Dama Ben Nesina. What we couldn't find somebody in the Jewish people that could have served as a role model. That's a problem. Maral deals with it. We may touch on it at the end, but just keep in mind how mysterious this mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim is. So we have a medrash. The medrash quotes the pasuk: Yoducha Hashem Kol Malche Eretz. All of the kings of the world gave homage, paid homage, Yoducha, they admitted, they acknowledged, they, they praised God, Kishamu Imre Picha, because they heard the words of Hashem. But Chazal are bothered by Imre, what, Imre Picha is plural. So what did they hear from God? Two things. So it says they heard two things. They heard the and they heard two things and they stood up from their thrones and paid homage and acknowledgement to God. What did they hear? So the Medrash says like this. They were listening to the Ten Commandments. They were listening to Aseris Hadibros. First one, Anochi Hashem Elokecha. Amru Malche Umasolam. The kings said, Ze Kamonu. It's exactly how we would do it. Eizemelech wrote Sashiyah Achermachish. Every king doesn't want to have his subjects deny his royalty. So God is doing what we would do. And then it says, You can't have any foreign gods. So Amru, that's exactly how we do it. What king wants to have partners? He wants to be the boss. Okay? When he said, Don't take my name in vain. Don't swear falsely. The king said, He's doing it just like we do it. Even when they got to Shabbos, interestingly enough, it's a little bit, in our culture, in our 24-7 culture, we don't appreciate it, but if you ask your parents or grandparents, go back 75 years, in America, there was something called the Blue Laws. Blue Laws were you're not allowed to have your store open on Sunday. They realize you get out, everybody has to have a day off. Well, the Medrash says, when it said, Zohar Shabbos, the king said, yes, 
Who doesn't want to have a day off where the people have an honor? They have to honor one of the days. One day has to be without business. So each time they're saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing it exactly the way we would do it. Till they got to Kabedet Avicha Ve'eti Mecha. When they heard Kabedet Avicha Ve'eti Mecha, their response was, wait a minute. Binimusos Shalonu, in our culture, in our ethics, Komisha Machtiv Atzmo Sigrin Lamelech, anybody who declares allegiance to the king, who kofer ba'avosaf, he has to deny allegiance to his parents. Anybody knows the history of Nazi Germany, of communist Russia? If you were a communist teenager and your parents didn't buy into communism, you turned them in. The Nazi Germany, if you weren't, uh, the, the, the Hitler youth would turn their parents in if they didn't buy into Hitler. That, you, the king says, you have to have loyalty to me, not to your parents. That's what they were expecting. And they say, And God is saying, honor your parents? They got, they got up and they acknowledged God. What does it mean? Says the Maral. Till then, they, were, they understood that God is setting up a political system. Wonderful. It's exactly the way we would set up our political system. But in our political system, we would never say, honor your parents. So they understood there's something else going on here. That the system is not for politics, but it has something to do with divine truth. How can we understand that the default was that you're going to violate Shabbos rather than listen to your parents? So apparently, this mitzvah of kibbut avaim is overwhelmingly powerful mitzvah. What is it rooted in? What is Kibbut Avim rooted in? So, Chazal tell us that every person has Shalosh Shlosha Shutvim Hain Be'adam. Kodesh Borchu Avivimo. Every person, you all know you have a mother and a father. I mean, I know it's starting to become not so politically correct to say that. But you have a mother and a father. Okay, in the normal. Okay, we live in the normal world. Okay, a mother and a father, and there's a third partner, Hakodesh Borchu. Bizman Sha'adam Mechabed es Aviviimo, when a person pays honor to his parents, Omar Hakodesh Borchu Mala Nialehem Kiilu Darti Beinehem Uchabduni. Says God, I, I impute that as if I was also living in the house and they gave honor to me. What, what's, what's going on here? See, when, um, as teenagers, when we don't like to listen to our parents, Kibbutz means to listen to what they say. Why don't we like to listen to them? Ego. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. You've got to forego a little bit your ego to let somebody tell you what to do. And God wants to make sure that you accept the fact that somebody's going to tell you what to do because of authority, because of uh, appreciation. It's very easy to honor God. You know why? Because God is not in the room telling you to wash the dishes, take out the garbage, or sweep the floor. When your parents tell you to do that, there's a natural reaction. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. you got to forego your ego. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to forego your ego when your parents are there. And if you do that, then he says, I guess you'll also listen to me.
But what's the? Why do I have to forgo my ego for, for, to my parents? First of all, appreciation. They brought you into the world. But here is a very a much deeper idea that has to be added to this. So we learn from the juxtaposition Ishimo Vavivti Rau. You gotta fear your parents, but Ved Shapto Taitishmo. I wanna just twist that I wanna massage that Pasuk and say, could I have learned the same lesson? Ish imo Vavivti Rau Velotilbashatnes. It's the juxtaposition of doing honoring your parents with a mitzvah that God commands you, and when they come in conflict, your default was honor parents, but God says, no, you have to keep the mitzvah. So why did it choose Shabbos specifically to teach that lesson? I'm going to read you a story. It's from the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky book. Famous, famous story. We all heard it from the, from the, the Kamenetsky family before it was printed in the book. So, Rabbi Yaakov is flying on a plane. I'll fill in some of the details that aren't in the book. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenevsky was flying to Israel for a wedding, and he was given a first-class ticket. Um, and he's in first class with the head of the Israeli Histadrut, which is basically, at that time, the most powerful organization in Israel, more powerful than the government. The labor unions ran the, ran the country. Something like the AFL, AFL-CIO um, in America, back when the labor unions were very strong. So he's sitting with the head of the Histadrut in first class, and they're having a short discussion, questions, whatever, it was It was before Sukkot. Meshel, the, the old Zionist, actually knew Tanakh. Today the, the secular Zionists don't know anything about Tanakh. I mean, you saw the, you probably saw that uh, Aaron Barak didn't even know how to say the first Pasuk of Kriyashma. Right? That's a horrendous thing that the, 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 the Supreme Court justice doesn't know how to say Kriyashma. Again, unfortunately, the high school kids today don't even know what Kriyashma is. That's how bad it got. But in those days, they knew. So they're discussing something, conversation. Okay, and then Meshel mentioned how solicitous two of the other passengers, a middle-aged man and a young woman, were of Rav Yaakov's well-being. Again, the story is that he was there with one of his sons and a granddaughter who were on the plane coming to Eretz but they were in coach. But since Rav Yaakov was an old man, and in the old days the, the stewardesses were much more flexible, they let the son and the granddaughter keep visiting Rav Yaakov to see how he's doing. And they were back and forth, and Meshel is, is astounded. He was amazed to learn that the man was Rav Yaakov's son, the girl a granddaughter. He confided sadly to Rav Yaakov that he almost never saw his own grandchildren, and his children only rarely. So how come your son and your granddaughter are, taking, are paying so much attention to you? That was his problem. Rabbi Yaakov explained to him the difference in their relationship to the children and grandchildren could be traced to their differing views of creation. Okay? Um, and again, maybe I'll, I'm not going to read the story, I'll tell it to you outside and then in, in the order that I think it should be done. Rabbi Yaakov says to Meshel, your worldview is random biological evolution. You come from a monkey. You're a sophisticated, you're beyond the monkey. But you're basically a monkey. That's where you came from. Your kids are one or two generations separated from the monkey. So you're closer to the monkey than they are. How do you expect them to have respect for you? What about us? Okay. We, right, we believe in syniatic revelation. 
So I come, okay, I'll read you here, here we get back into the book. Central event in history was the revelation at Sinai. The generations immediately after revelation lived in awe of their parents as people to whom God actually spoke. Their children in turn viewed them as the veneration of having known God. My children and grandchildren honor me as one who had contact with spiritual giants whose greatness is almost beyond comprehension. Therefore, they attribute to me a wisdom and spiritual sensitivity that they do not possess. And I, for my part, try to pass on to them something that I learned from the previous generations. Whereas you, now I'm going back, you believe in Darwinian view of life as a result of random purposeless events. So as far as your descendants are concerned, you're just one generation closer to the monkeys than they are. So so that's that was a great explanation. But now Rabbi Yaakov added... So, and he's, now he answered the question I asked. So why did I have to have Ishimo v'avivti ra'u ve'et shabto ta'itishmor? Why couldn't we have chosen a different mitzvah? So here we get into a whole shmooze about what Shabbos is about, but in, in a nutshell, Shabbos is the testimony of the Jewish people that the world has a creator, that it didn't just happen randomly, and that there is a purpose. The reason why Shabbos is called Me'en Olam Haba is that the six days of creation are all focused leading up to Shabbos. Shabbos is the purpose. Chemdas Yomim. It's the, everything is focused towards Shabbos where we have the ability to have an intimate relationship with God. But Shabbos represents purpose. That's why it's Me'en Olam Haba because this world is purpose for the next world. Don't make the mistake to think you're going to have chont in Olam Haba. That's not why it's Me'en Olam Haba. It's purpose. So Shabbos indicates that the world has a creator and it's a purposeful creation. Well, Kibbut Ava'em requires that you have appreciation for your parents because you're not randomly in this world, but you are intentionally in this world and the parents brought you into this world and they brought you into a purposeful world. So, first of all, we negate this idea that everybody has an agenda. And one of the reasons that Kibbutz Avayim has fallen apart in the secular world is because everybody has an agenda. So, your parents had children. Your parents must have had children because they had a need to have children. There was some need that they had. And therefore, you're in this God, you're in this difficult, lousy situation that you're in because your parents needed to have a you as a child. I don't owe them appreciation for that. They should owe me appreciation that I'm suffering because they had an agenda. That's antithetical to our view. We view altruism. We view the idea of giving. Parents want to have children to give. And you are now alive in this world because of them. And you now have the ability to to fulfill purpose because they brought you into the world. That demands hakaratatov. That demands appreciation. It demands a foregoing for, of ego. It demands a focus on purpose. And that is where the rubber hits the road every day when your parents want you to do something that's an affront to your ego. So there's hakarat hatov. There's hakarat, there's appreciation. And if you can't have, as the Gemara says, Chazal say, that a person who denies hakarat hatov to his fellow man... Well, why would you deny hakarat hatov? Why wouldn't you want to express appreciation? So, the reason is because if I acknowledge that you did me a favor, that makes me beholden. That means I owe you. 
because you did me a favor. So I can deny faith. So I, the reason I want to deny that you did me a favor is because of entitlement. As if I feel that I'm entitled, so when you did me a favor, you didn't do me a favor. You gave me what I'm entitled to. This is, again, the corruption of this entitlement mentality. So then I don't owe anybody anything. It's all about me. So it says that a person who denies hakarata tov to their friend ultimately will deny hakarata tov to HaKadosh Baruch to the Almighty. You have to have an appreciation that you're not entitled. If I'm not entitled and God put me in the world and gave me life, if I'm not entitled, it makes me responsible. One of the differences between our approach and a, and a Western democratic approach in the interface between rights and responsibilities. Basically, the Western demo, democratic world is built on rights. I have rights. I have to protect my rights. That's the primary value. Sometimes I have to have responsibilities in order to make sure that I have my rights. But the primary is the rights. We have exactly the opposite perspective. Your primary existence is built on responsibility. Your rights only accrue in order to enable you to fulfill your responsibilities. So your parents brought you into a world, a purposeful world, where you have the opportunity to earn your eternity. There has to be huge hakarata tov to that. And not only that, the reason why you want to why you want to rebuff the responsibility of akarata tov is ego and entitlement. So Hakadosh Baruch has to first of all eliminate that mentality, eliminate that attitude. So hakar so kibura va'em is so fundamental. It's so fundamental that Hakadosh Baruch says in the default that I am ready to forego a specific mitzvah. Because we need to inculcate the overriding principle of hakarat hatov and a purposeful world. That's what it's all about. Chiddush, that since your parents also have a chiv of, 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 of listening to God, you don't. But you needed a special posuk, and the posuk is taught specifically with the mitzvah of Shabbos. That's one of the things that Rabbi Yaakov also added to the discussion. It says, not just that I have a Gzerat HaKatuv, I have a Pasuk telling me that I have to listen to God over my parents, but it's done through the mechanism of Shabbos because there's per- that the world is purposeful. And that shows you how important how important Kibbut Avaim is. One of the reasons Kibbut Avaim has fallen apart in our world, in our culture, is because of the of the entitlement mentality and the evolutionary mentality. Is that I, I, my parents? I don't like. Why do I owe my parents anything? They have, obviously had their agenda. So that we have to. That's like stands in absolute conflict to everything we believe in. Kibbut Avaim, honoring parents, acknowledges that. You are not the source of your existence. It's not a self... You have to negate the self-centered picture of man. And you have to realize that life isn't random. Life came from God. Through your parents. Your parents are partners with God in bringing you into the world. Now, I've talked so far to you as children of parents. But part of the lesson and this is what Rabbi Yaakov was also alluding to, is that you will, Bezrat Hashem, be parents. And therefore, you have to inculcate this idea to your children. 
that when we demand kibbutz avaim, we're not doing it for our ego. Too many parents want it as a power struggle. This isn't a power struggle. This is a value system. Is that when we demand and we educate for kibbutz avaim, what we're really educating for is the idea that you're in a purposeful world with akarat tov and parents are the vehicle by which God enables you to express appreciation. Again, it's very easy to talk about appreciation to God because he's not asking you to take out the garbage. Your parents, you have to appreciate your parents. They're tangible. That's where uh, th- that's where the acknowledgement of life being a gift from above, it came to you through your parents, but also in a partnership with God. So, that is your inculcating the priorities, the value system, that you are in the world, in a purposeful world, for a purpose, and you're not entitled, but you are responsible, and you want to express appreciation for everything that you get. That is the powerful mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim, and it really starts as a Ben Adam Lamako. The behavior is Ben Adam Lechavero. Rav Asher Weiss has a whole discussion about what's the definition of Ben Adam Lamako of Adam Lechavero. But again, I think the way, what I'm understanding is that it's manifested in your behavior to your parents. But that doesn't make it Ben Adam Lechavero. When you do that, what you're really doing is you're fulfilling a divine command that God demands from you, Ben Adam Lamako. It's manifested in your behavior to your parents. But you have to realize that it's a divine imperative and it's it's not something that just is your average Bein Adam Lechavero. You have to have Hakar Satov to your friend when they do you a favor. But the Hakar Satov to your parents is much deeper. And that's why Kabedet Avicha Ve'et Imecha is in the Bein Adam Lamokom side of the Aserah Sadibus.